Kath, it's funny on From the Hip because like now we're in our third year. Yeah. We, um, you know, we went with the sort of bullet gate to begin with, picked every topic under the sun. Yeah. Then we had this sort of other development of, you know, more storytelling in the second series. And now this third series is seemingly just to self-evolve, which yep. is quite cool. Yeah. I'm happy with it. And I think there's there's this sort of natural focus. Yeah. On women versus dogs and beer and cars. Cars. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm liking the journey. And I have brought back for you today, just <laughs> as a little surprise. Yeah. The fabulous Melissa, who we spoke with and did a double ep with oh, in series yes. two. The yes. ever lucid, openly wonderful Melissa. So welcome back, Melissa. We're really very, very pleased to have you back. And Kat's fallen off her chair in surprise. I know. I'm so excited to see your beautiful face on Zoom. Woohoo! Oh, thank you. My very tired face, but thank you. I love talking to you guys. So always a pleasure. Look, today we're going to actually get into more about women, really. Yep. You know, this notion of friendships and everything around that, be it death, birth, continuum, effects of life situations. So we're just going to riff because we can do that with you, Melissa. And do you want to intro? Do you want to bring us in? Well, I've been sort of writing and thinking a lot about it since we've had our chat to to talk about it. And as I've said to you guys, it's, you know, it's in the zeitgeist, you know, like my favourite podcast. Glennon and Abby, they've been talking about it. Oprah's just done a bit of a blurb. I mean, it's not new. Friendships obviously are not new, but the discussion of their their value is really uh, kind of pivotal and maybe it's to do with our age and stage of life. I mean, probably both of you would have had long-standing friendships through your year, through the years, um, but I guess I'm at the point in with everything, but friendships included, where you're sort of doing a bit of a reckoning, and that's like, mm-hmm. who makes the cut? Why? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never had problems making friends. I know that's a whole different conversation for people that struggle to make friends and and all the issues around that. But that's not, I guess, where I'm coming from. It's more this sort of idea of the inner circle and where does it, you know, who's, who's, it's like a dance, who's in the, who's dancing in and out. And and it's often not who you expect, you know, the ones that you think are going to be there for the long haul step out and, or you push them or they step, I don't know what happens, but there seems to be quite a lot of movement at the friendship station for, <laughs> for me anyway. Yeah. And I, I wasn't expecting that. At this stage of life, that's sort of a bit of a surprise. Right. Well, that's interesting because I can say if I look back on the last 15 years, like I've got friends that I went to primary school with and, you know, who you don't see for ages and then you see them and you just pick up where you left off. And then in the last 15 years, I've probably lost two or three very significant friendships and that was a big surprise to me. And they were obviously going through the same process in terms of, reassessing and culling and cutting and moving on potentially. But it's not necessarily something I've had a conversation with people about. It just sort of happens. What's been your experience, Melissa? I guess about five or six years ago, um, around the time of my 50th, which seemed to have been quite a pivotal time in 
every aspect of my life, as you know from the previous discussion. I, I guess I had this very intense friendship with this with person and then I set a boundary about I could see it was starting to get a little bit uh, too intense and the demands were too great and it just started to feel, uh, I don't know how to describe it, it was uncomfortable because I, I didn't know how to navigate it. I mm. guess it was probably a little bit more along the lines of a romantic relationship, even though it wasn't romantic at all, but it had all the hallmarks of the the kind of expectations and the the sort of, I don't know, it had a sort of bit more sparkle around it, but it also had a sort of a darker shadow side. But I set a boundary and it was a massively big boundary and it was terrifying because I've always been a bit of a people pleaser. I want everyone to love me. So for me to turn around and go, yeah, no, that's not going to work. I'm really sorry. And the whole thing just dissolved in front of me. And it it was like a a breakup. uh, I remember at the time thinking, why is there no one to talk to about this kind of breaking up with your friend? Yeah. And it felt like that. And it's it was mm. it was scary because I didn't know, you know, I suppose I thought I had to repair it and fix it and make it better. And, and of course, as time's gone by, we've sort of uh, navigated some version of a, a, I guess I wouldn't call it a friendship anymore, but a kind of, I guess it's a mutual maybe Respect. love and underneath or something that it doesn't need to be acted upon. It just exists in was a way. That, like had I that suppose. been a long-term, long-term friendship or it was no, relatively no, new? No, but it, it was fairly and new mm. and it was intense and it came mm. along at a time when I was, I guess, ripping off all the, the skins and tr- and trying on something new. And, mm. and I think the thing that I've realised about myself in general, and it is probably true of romantic and um friendships is I'm easily flattered so if someone likes me it's sort of a sad thing to admit but that's kind of been a a, well they like me so we're on instead of do I like them do I have the same values as them yeah you know do we you know gel or is it just this this kind of a bit of, of a flattery and and I think if I'm really honest you know, I've accumulated a shit ton of friends in my life. No offense to anyone who's listening, who, <laughs> but you know, it's been like the pie pie parts. Like I just keep bring dragging them all along to the next chapter. Mm. And whilst I'll walk down the street and I'll usually run into it, you know, anyone will testify who's with me. I'll usually run into a, several people I know in any given day, and and that's fine. But they're not necessarily my friends. They're mm. people that I know, people I've had friendships with. So I think it's a definition issue as well. And that thing of, you know, circling back to the generation and the age where we are, it's definitely, it's a period of sifting. I mean, you call it the reckoning, I call it the sifting. And where our tolerance is something that we then put more value on, on one's own self-tolerance. And so what you allow and what you don't allow in your life. And it's when you own that, it's sort of okay. Yeah, it is. But interestingly, that one of the, my major friends who who 
cut me loose. It was a very interesting thing because we were very, very, very close friends. She was married very young and she had children and I was very much a single part of their life. So, you know, her and her husband, then when the kids came along, I was very, very engaged with them. And it was interesting because when I got married and had children, she actually didn't want to have a bar of it. And she came and saw me once when I was in hospital for five weeks before I had the kids, which was surprising to me. So it was kind of this beginning of this changing chapter. And then I went out for a drink with her and the kids were only babies. And she said, look, actually, to be honest, I don't want to be part of your life with Nick and the kids. No, but that's a fascinating point you pick up on, Kath, because I think, and I've had that relationship breakdown too at points of major points of your life. And it's a, it's a situation where the people who were your friends or who, who you had friendships with, they can either, because we morph, we continue to morph through our lives. And so they can either go with that new chapter chapter, or they can't, they just don't. I mean, I've had a a girlfriend and she just, she literally didn't know what to do with me anymore. So she had to just get rid of me. I think with this girl, I wasn't as available because all of a sudden now I've got where I was very available and I loved her. And, Mm. you know, I knew all her family. Mm. I spent a lot of time with them. I would just drop into her situation with her friends. And then all of a sudden when my situation changed, she didn't like it. And I, I felt absolutely devastated because I thought for fuck's sake, it took me to 35 to find the happiness to get married and you can't be joyful for me. No, but it, this is the breakup. This is the thing Melissa was talking about before yeah. where there is this there is this sort of sentiment. It's not a sexual it's not a sexual component, but it's very it, deep. Yeah, it's has the depth of a relationship. I also think it's a developmental thing as well. So if you think of, you know, developmental theory and all of that stuff like you know, we form friendships when we're little for different reasons. You know, we're at school, we're thrown together, or they're, they're our cousins or parents' friends. And then as we develop more and more, uh, we have more choice about what sort of people we like or don't like. But I look at a lot of these relationships and it sounds a bit like what you're saying, Kath, is it sort of they get sort of frozen, like they don't have the capacity to evolve with the next chapter yeah. of your life. And that that's really surprising when you've had such a deep connection and a deep connection on many levels. I I, I just was so hurt mm. that, you know, here's a joyful time in my life. I've been there for all your joy. And then you don't want to be part of it. Mm. It was it was really awful and and tough, I've got to say. That was the first one. I've had some others. We have a lot of people through all our tendrils of life and yet they're they're the layers of depth and potency of who is important and who is dear and you know we talked on a recent episode about that heartfelt Mm. feeling who is who is close to your heart and that essence of getting older and the value of what that heartfelt feeling is Mm. I think for me certainly becomes paramount yeah and absolutely. i don't need the other shit well you know, when you start staring down the barrel of you've got limited time left who are you going to spend it with no i'm not i'm not staring down the barrel of death but you know what i mean and i do think it comes with a level of maturity when you just go we're all busy people we've got limited time i don't spend enough time with the people i love let alone people who don't serve me yeah. and i think that's the decision that we're maybe starting to make at 
at this time of our lives. Well, and I think our values start to become clearer. You know, it's yeah. not just who you've been thrown in the in the ring with. You yeah. actually go, well, what what matters to me if someone starts saying something that you think is really yeah, homophobic or, or yeah. you know, and you go, that really doesn't sit well with me. And mm. do you have a big full, you know, conversation? Probably you don't because someone who's uh, who's saying that's unlikely to be receiving that sort of feedback well. But um, the thing I, I guess I, I, you know, a few a few things I think about when I'm in, with my friends now is, you know, when you when you're with them, how do you feel? Like, mm. do you feel yourself? You can be authentic. Um, do you feel a bit? Uh, do you feel happy for them when they're succeeding, or vice versa, or or can you talk about difficult things with them? Mm. And when you walk away and you come home and think about the conversation, do you? How do you feel in yourself about it? Because sometimes you know you go. Oh, yeah. it didn't feel good. We were bitching about someone, or, mm. um, or we just couldn't find a, a sort of anything safe to talk about because there's yeah. too many unsafe topics. And they're the sort of little messages that yeah. go, yeah. I mean, I don't think you have to cut them off and have a big breakup with them, but it's like the sort of the the universe is giving you information about. You know, yeah, the- I I think that's really true mm. because another very major friendship that that I, well, I ended up calling the ball on it. It had changed very significantly. There'd been a whole sort of withdrawal and there were very definitely conversations that I wouldn't have with her and I would have called her one of my best friends and I thought, why can't I have that conversation? And I realised because there was a very deep level of judgement in all of that from her, I felt, and then we, she kind of contacted me and we got and went and had a coffee and stuff and she literally unloaded on me about everything that I'd ever done wrong and how much her children hated me and all of this sort of stuff. Then she wanted to re-engage and go for a walk with the dogs and talk about the weather. Do you want me to bring and, the kids? And, and I, just, I just said, <laughs> no, yeah. I, actually I don't because I'm never going to come back to your house again because apparently your husband and your kids hate me. And, you know, we'd been very, very close friends and it was interesting when I finally made the call, I, I came home from that coffee and I was distraught, right? And, I, and Matilda, who was little then, like just a teenager, maybe early teen, she said to me, Mum, why are you so upset about this situation with this woman? And I said, "Because I'll tell you why. Because she was one of the very few women left in my life who knew my mum because my mum died when I was 21. And Matilda, in all her wisdom, she said to me, Mum, she was your mum. They're your memories. You don't have to live them through someone else. And I'm um, oh, Jesus. You know, there's Bless some her. wisdom right there. And so when I actually cut her loose, I felt this sense of freedom and yeah. liberation, which was really interesting. And I was talking to a mutual friend about it and I said, I've, this has happened. And she said, well, that was always going to happen. And I said, why? She said, because she was intimidated by your personality and the way you are with people and you were intimidated by her perfection. And I thought, Jesus Christ, how come everyone else could see this shit going down? You know? So we were still friends for the wrong reasons. That idea you picked up on, Melissa, about the difficult conversations. In fact, Kath and I, I think, I don't know, maybe it was last week. Or yeah. Not, we start, started oh. talking about, because we're entertaining this idea of the from the hip erotic fiction 
compendium but we started talking about sex and it's like which of your friends can you speak frankly about sex with and it's not everybody but the ones who you can it's fucking great yeah it's just juicy and free and and no judgment and also asking i love that advice or just sharing titillating stories or or, sex toys well Well, not sharing the toys but you know which (laughs) one may discuss them yeah yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. i didn't do that 10 years ago or 20 years ago did you Absolutely not. My little sexual sort of awakening has brought uh, everywhere I go now, almost without fail. There are conversations. <laughs> Let's about. talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about, Let's sex. Talk about you and me. And everybody. This is with men as well. So we're keeping yeah. men out of this conversation, which we shouldn't, because I think I've always had male friends as well as female friends. Mm. Yeah, which me is too. also mm. a tricky one. Mm. Um, but but that kind of ability oh, that's to. That's another point, um, though, yeah. Mm. Yeah, to be able to um to talk openly about all sorts of things, and yeah, for for many many years I never did, and it was sort of it's been very liberating, and and people you can see people just going, yeah, no, I'm not going there. Um, yeah, but the ones who yeah. do want to go there, as you say, Kath, it's titillating. You're both like going, oh wow, that sounds cool. Oh, yeah, I might that. try that. Well, I remember, I like you know, cats cats whiteboard stories. <laughs> you seeing him again? You might get this thing out, and oh, great. Yeah, moving on. Oh, moving on. Um, but that, yeah, that's interesting. And the men, the male friends, again, I've found I always had male friends from teenagehood. And yep. in fact, when I was a teenager, I found more comfort with male friends because there was less complication. Well, and I was just going to say they're simple. And the only now really long-term, <laughs> the really long-term male friends that I don't have anymore were those whose partners who came on board long after we'd been friends felt threatened by your relationship. I've got wonderful male friends who I've become really best friends with their wives, um, which is a wonderful thing. It's yeah. a beautiful layer. Yeah. But I would, there was this one woman in particular with a very old friend of mine. I went around there for dinner and I'd lost a whole lot of weight. And she said to me, oh, you look great. And she said, what happened to that big girl, big personality? I said, oh, no, I think she's still here. She goes, oh, I suppose you'll be stealing our husbands next. And I said, mm-hmm, I'm going now. And that was the end. Uh, that was the end for me. Just cut them loose because I thought if you can't again, vacuous, it's stupid. Yeah. Just putting me into your frame instead of going, cats lost weight, isn't that great? Yeah, it's bullshit, really. Yes, I totally agree. And the other thing I was going to raise, which is a bit more, you know, you know me, like a bit of controversy, yeah. but you know, in Bring the podcast they were talking about um, friendship anarchy. Mm. Yes. Um, and this idea of a hierarchy of, you know, for a few reasons. One is that, you know, the romantic love gets the top billing always. We're told that's where we should be putting all our eggs into that basket and our friends are just kind of driftwood to the side. They don't matter as much. This is the this is your main focus in life as a, you know, in a heterosexual sense, obviously. But um, I'm not sure if it would be the same sort of thinking in a in a same sex relationship. But that model of you know this is this is the this gets the priority and then the whole economic structure of of our society is based around that dating and money and beauty products making yourself attractive um and then finding the one and and all the sort of romance and valentine's day and the ring and the wedding and the Mm. dress and then the honeymoon and you know there's a lot of people with a lot of financial interest in us playing this game you know we're not Mm. we're just pawns in it we think that it's 
this great original idea, but you know, we've been steered. So mm. when you sort of jump out of that paradigm and go, well, that's a crock of shit. I don't actually believe all of mm. this. Um, and my friends are what's got me through everything in my life or the, the good ones. This hierarchy should actually be turned upside down where they're the ones that are the ones that are the rocks that are going to be there through thick or thin. Mm. And and hopefully our partners and our choices will be enduring but we were all here to prove that you know that hasn't been the case oh in fact a lot of my exes would diminish my female friendships it's sort of like oh what do you girls talk about all the time and you know it wasn't sort of like these are your rocks this is what gives you uh, confidence to be who you are in the world and Mm. if it wasn't for them you know thank god for them you know I don't you don't put all the eggs in the basket of this one person you've got them scattered across a few different areas and that's what gives us our ballast you know that makes yeah. us strong I think it's that's absolutely true yeah. um I wanted to we'll put up the link to that podcast I think Melissa on our site at yeah when we go on that to yeah, fr- yeah from the hip yeah. underscore podcast or from the hip on Facebook And I did want to refer to the Oprah Daily article that you referenced uh, when you were talking about, oh, my God, this is the zeitgeist, you know, like Oprah's even talking about it. And this article that was up there, which I thought was fascinating, was was about five signs that tell you your friendships are up. Shall we go through them? Yeah, 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 let's, let's. Okay. So you give 100% but your friend gives 0%. Reciprocity is part of our social contract, but what happens when a friendship is nowhere near equal? There's only so far you want to go with that. Yeah. Uh, yes and no, I suppose, because, I mean, at different times of our lives, I'm sure we've all got our own examples of this, where you really do suck the most of it, you know, like you've got one shitty thing after another and it does feel Mm. a bit imbalanced. Mm. So I think you don't want to be keeping too many scorecards. I think it has to sort of in the scheme of the the wash of life feel balanced, but in the sort of day-to-day realities of our lives, that may not look that case. And I think that's a really good Mm. friendship that, that isn't going well, I've rung her three times. I'm not going to ring her now. No, yeah. it wasn't as so cut and dried. Of, no, it no. certainly wasn't as cut and dried that. But that's an interesting point you make because you actually also have to factor in your type of person as well. Like are you a carer forever and ever and that is your, you know, your essence in life and therefore if you're needed from by anybody, you are just there 100% without yeah. question? Or are you someone who, you know, does 24 hours and then that'll do you? But, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think these are quite yeah. simplistic. But um, I think it comes back to that concept about not expecting to get everything from everyone. Yeah. You know, we've talked about yeah. that with men, yeah. how unreasonable it is yeah, yeah, to expect yeah. that we get everything from our partner. Yeah. Is it unreasonable to expect that we get everything from our friends? I don't know. No. I, well, I don't. I don't expect that, do you? No, no, I have. A, I mean, and that's, and I'm not a groupy person either. So my friends come from all different walks. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Go and to I the think next it's one. a sign of oh. maturity too. Like, you know, yeah, in the old days, if I was having a crisis and I was trying to ring my friend to go, oh, this has happened, and they're not available, it would be catastrophic. Whereas now I'm like, okay, this is probably a good time for me to just practice a little bit of self-regulation and self-care and be a bit more sort of mature. So I think that's my developmental sort of shift Mm. where it's like that kind of compulsive something's happened, ring that friend and and download it. So I think, um, 
there's got to be realistic expectations on all sides. Yeah. Okay, here's the next one. It, as I said, it's a little simplistic, but it is backed by some science and some research, this article, and again, we'll, we'll put this up too. Your texts go unanswered or you find yourself avoiding them. Oh, that's just, that's a male thing. That's always talked about with men. Are we talking men and women here? Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, okay. Well, that's such a common point to make about men not answering texts. But you don't break Romantic up with them. Or not. On the basis of they don't answer your texts. Oh, I wouldn't break up with a woman either on that, would you? No, or you find yourself avoiding them. Yeah, text, I reckon that's for the, our kids' generation. Yeah. Do, are, we so, are we so beholden by text messages? Uh, well, yes, possibly. Mm, mm. Not really. but no. Okay, here's one for you, Melissa, that might be interesting. There are no boundaries or way too many. Well, that's right. So for me, up until then, that, that, uh, that friendship, I had no consciousness that this person was actually sucking me dry and I was allowing it. So um, the realisation that I had no boundaries with this person and probably in other areas of my life was a bit of a shock. So, um, And then the, the way someone receives a boundary is really interesting too. So if you, if you say to someone, look, I really can't come to your dinner because I'm exhausted mm. and I need to look after myself, and they're like, what the fuck? You yeah. said you were coming and I've cooked this meal. And, you know, this is the sort of thing I probably had all my life as you know, my family. I've never said no to things. So yeah. to mm. sort of start practising that. So I think that's an interesting one to see what, how it's received. But then the other extreme is the, the people that kind of build up a wall around them so that, you know, they don't allow you to get in or out because they've too scared to to be vulnerable so yeah I think there's there's always a play and dance with that stuff but I think the more you practice it in the small things Mm. when it comes to the big things it's sort of it's not as scary Mm. yeah I I had a girlfriend recently and she had some gathering and and she you know one of her close friends was there and I think I'd said, oh, maybe I was coming, maybe I wasn't, and and was talking to her. She says, oh, well, if, you know, so-and-so hadn't come, it's like she had to be there. And I'm like, well, what if she didn't want to be there? Mm. Or she, I mean, not even not able to be there. What if she just didn't want to be there? Mm. It's like there's there's the demands that people still put. And this this wasn't a particularly momentous occasion. It yeah. was just a, a gath man. Yeah, gath. Yeah. Gath man. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. You don't want to share your wins or fails. If you can no longer trust a friend with news or secrets, the relationship may be toxic. Well, I think that's what limited. with my friend. I think, that's I think in your case, yeah, I think it is true. It can be toxic or it just has very limited, you know, it, it hasn't grown, you know, it's reached its growth point and, you know, you can still feel love and care for that person. But, yeah, it's I, probably time to step them out of the ring. Yeah, that triggers a, a situation for me with my extremely dear friend and she's in a particularly difficult place now and I was finding myself holding back on what I was sharing or what I, how I was behaving and it backs up and so that you then start, it's not an awkwardness, but you know in all these, you know, decades of honesty and and open rawness that you're holding back and you know you're holding back but you sort of feel like you should be holding back but you don't know why you're holding back and it came to this sort of little crunchy bit Mm. and we then had and she said to me you know you can talk to me about this shit you know Mm. the stuff and I went oh yeah 
So what, why were you holding back, do you think? Because she's in such an immense yeah. place. I didn't want to just burden my her and, stuff. Yeah. And it's the fact is it's never been a burden because that's our friendship. Yeah, that's but right. But when the situation changes to a sort of, you know, really serious. Well, the dynamics changed a bit. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I realised, no, it didn't need to. And so, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was that was quite a cool. Yeah, interesting. Okay, here's interesting. the last one. You've outgrown who you were in the past. Our friends are our mirrors. They reflect who we are. So what happens when we are no longer the same person we were when we started the friendship? I think that plays well, we, to what you said, Melissa, just about maturity and yeah. finding yourself and working out your values and what serves you. And we tapped on that. And I think growing up in a city like Melbourne, which we, I don't know, all of us have, and we've clocked up lots of people who who know us at different stages of our lives mm. and think that they know who we are. So when you sort of show up in a different way, it can be very confronting. And I know myself that I'm, like when I travel, I don't have that sort of feeling of anything yeah. on my shoulder. I can go, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. yeah. You know, travel, and the travel friends that you make, they're so raw and authentic and genuine because there's no reference you can even no. you can either be whoever you want or you can be your absolute true self yeah and for me to to do that with you know um especially this last sort of chapter where things have been incredibly difficult it's like how do I just step out into my truest self with all the you know great things and all the rough things and and be okay without the sort of the whispering or the judgment and and to not care, you know, to yeah. sort of, uh, try and cut away that I don't care, it doesn't matter, it's not my business what they think. But that's that's a life lesson because, you yeah. know, unless I pack up and go and live in, you know, somewhere different. I don't know if you guys feel like that, but I, I feel like that's a hard one to, to kind of keep shedding the skins of who you were 10 years ago, especially like with motherhood, you know, that was my skin for, you know, a good 10 years. I was just like mother, 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 mother. And then it was like, oh, hold on, there's there's a whole lot of other things mm. that are still there. So it's like sort of cutting off some and just just finding some truth in, in amongst it and That's true fine. friends will really walk with you through that. They won't try and hold you down. Yeah. yeah. I've never felt as much my authentic self as I do now. Yeah. And that's so liberating. Well, and you're not mean to people. And boundaries, they're not designed to hurt. No, that's right. They're, in fact, equally liberating too because they set um, clarity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge topic, um, you know, and how it plays in with your relationships and does yeah. it interfere, does it sort of nourish and support them or does it kind of become a point of conflict and jealousy? Like mm. I think there's a whole lot of branches to the tree of this. And I Yeah, think- let's do a part two. Can we? Well, well, let's come up with some other branches and, yeah, let's talk about it. What do you it. reckon? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I've got pages and pages on this because I, <laughs> I, I, you know, like. She's a writer. I'm a writer. She's researching and stuff. She's a writer. I was just going to also add, you know, there's a sort of all the statistics about health mm. and women with a strong social network and good friends have a longer life expectancy. And there's research that suggests mm. that the quality friendship 
makes you physically healthier, lower mm. BMI. It's important as diet and exercise, mm. less inflammation. So, you know, like there's all these health benefits, not that we need to be validated with those, but it, it's an interesting point of, you know, what's missing in our society now is social connection and it hasn't been valued. So it's like, how do we sort of stand up and and wave the flag and go, this is more important than romantic love. I'm sorry. I think it is. I think they referenced that research in the Oprah Daily article as well. So there'll be some links through to that. And I want to bring in like part two, I want to bring in the oldies too. Like my mum's, you know, my mum's cohort, that's 60 plus years. Yeah. Wow. Our mutual friend, Caroline, I've been friends with her since grade one. Mm. And and I just love that it just keeps sort of morphing and twisting and evolving mm. as our lives become Change. complicated. Yeah. And I don't take it for granted. Well, thank you, Melissa. Beautiful to see you again. All, All right, right, ladies. Lots of love. We'll, love you, we'll, um, yeah, let's do part two very soon. Thank Ciao. you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks, so. Bye. Bye. From the Hip is a weekly podcast featuring Kath and Mish for and on behalf of From the Hip Enterprises, recorded in the studios of From the Hip. You can subscribe and find more episodes of From the Hip at fromthehip.live, on Instagram at fromthehip underscore podcast, search for From the Hip on Facebook, and download From the Hip on any podcast app. Until next time, stay sane, stay safe, stay hip. Hold up. 